Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Wisconsin Strong. He takes being called a pig as a compliment because he knows that they're smarter than most dogs and people. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. 505 is what it says on the clock, and January 10th, 2020 is what it says on the calendar. Welcome aboard. It's Josh Scramlin for the Midwest Farm Report on a Friday morning, and we've got you all the way up until 6 a.m. We're running the full gamut this morning. In just a few moments, I'll be talking with Dan Smith. He is the CEO and president of Cooperative Network. We're going to be talking about health care and just how difficult it is for farmers and those in rural Wisconsin to find quality health care coverage that doesn't break the bank. And again, that is just straight ahead. We're also going to be hearing from Caitlin Riley. She is in the Wisconsin Dells talking with the newly crowned fairest of the fair. And then also a very interesting story is the National Pork Producers Council is pushing back against impossible foods, labeling impossible pork as pork. And then finally, to round out the hour, I will be talking with U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin. Earlier this week, she announced what she was going to vote on the USMCA. Is it yes or is it no? I will be asking her that. And then also we're going to be talking about the dairy crisis and just how much she holds President Trump accountable for what's happening in Wisconsin. Low prices for milk, those uh, low prices precede the Trump administration. We have an oversupply. That, too, I would argue, uh, was in place before uh, Trump uh, took office. We've had weather issues, and even though those have been since Trump took office, I'm not going to blame those on him. Uh, But we've also had trade wars. So let's think about how that impact um, has impacted. All of that is happening in the next 55 minutes. My conversation with Dan Smith of Cooperative Network is just moments ahead. The goals. The high fives. The happy dances complete with jazz hands and fist bumps. Be part of all the action at Coach's Sports Bar and Restaurant in Cross Plains. Enjoy the best burgers in the county, the popular club sandwich, or fresh crispy chicken salad, daily dinner and lunch specials, all-you-can-eat wing Wednesdays or $2.50 hand-muddled old-fashions every Saturday. Trivia night every Thursday. Coaches Club Sports Bar also offers banquet facilities for your next party, business meeting, or team-building event. Coaches Club Sports Bar and Restaurant in Cross Plains, where sports fans gather for food and frivolity. It's Coach's Club for all Bucks and Badger basketball games. Get $2.16 ounce Coors Light Taps, $6 cheeseburgers with chips, pork sliders, and nacho platter specials. Play ball. Coach's Club, Main Street, Cross Plains. I've been fortunate pretty much all of my life to have good access to health care. That's access to facilities, and for one reason or another, I've always had access to some kind of insurance that's helped me get health care coverage for me and my family in general. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And, Josh, sometimes just because there's a facility nearby doesn't mean that there's total access to health care. But one of the things we also do have to look at is whether there are facilities 
nearby. There are a lot of issues to talk about when it comes to rural health care access, aren't there? Oh, Scott, well, how much time do you have? Because that's how much we have to talk about when it comes to health care, not just with farmers, but as you said, in rural Wisconsin, and between cost and access and the lack of broadband, it all intertwines and it really just makes for a really bad situation. Uh, recently, I spoke with Dan Smith. He is the CEO and president of Cooperative Network. And I asked Dan how he would sum up the current situation that many farmers and rural residents are finding themselves in when it comes to health care in Wisconsin. Well, farmers have faced a stressful five years. You know, agriculture has been in a state of constant change for really since the end of World War II, but that change has really accelerated in the last few years. With all those changes, it's become a very stressful time on the farm. Um, you know, our farm population is an aging population, just under the average age of our farmer in Wisconsin now is just under 60 years old. Time wears us all down, and we go through hard work. Agriculture's always involved a lot of hard work. We may not do as much physical work in agriculture currently as we did in the past, but we have larger farms, more demands, more business demands. It all adds up to a more stressful environment, as we all know, Stress wears us down both mentally and physically over time. So our farmers have had to deal with that and have not ha- always had all the options to access health care as the rest of the population has. And then just being located in the rural community, sometimes those health care options that other parts of our population might take for granted are not readily available to the farmer. Have things always been this difficult with health care? Well, health care has become very expensive in this country. And definitely when we think back to like when I was a child growing up on the farm in the 60s and the 70s, um, we never really talked that much about health care. Um, I, I couldn't even tell you what my parents had for health care. Mm-hmm. It, it was never a, a topic of conversation at the dinner table. And my mother did not work off the farm. In today's world, as somebody in the farm family is probably working off the farm, even though there is more than enough work to do at home. Mm-hmm. But they need to work off the farm to access that health care options through a job off the farm. Yeah, are you seeing more and more people do that? Because I think about, we talked about it before the interview, but about 10, 12 years ago, my mom got a job at a hospital Mm -hmm. so that we could have health care because my dad's been farming full time. And that was never in the discussion, but it was simply for health care. Are you seeing more people in that situation? Definitely. There is usually somebody in the family that is working off the farm. And one of the primary reasons for that is to get health care for the family. What other drastic measures are you seeing that farmers are having to take? Well, I don't know if I would call – I would say there's some op, new opportunities. Yeah. So obviously through um, Obamacare provided an avenue for some farmers to um, have health care. Here at Cooperative Network, we have worked under the cooperative model to allow farmers to come together as a purchasing group to purchase health care as um, – as members of a cooperative or as customers of a cooperative, we helped establish 40 Square Cooperative in Minnesota, which currently ensures more than a 1,000 lives in Minnesota as an, a way that farmers can stay on the farm, have everyone in the family on the farm, and still have a purchasing unit with enough purchase, purchasing power to give them a competitive health care program by coming together. It's really the basic uh, model of a cooperative, and it just takes that model and extends it to an area where it's never been readily available before, and that is healthcare. 
We are seeing similar efforts in Wisconsin with the Wisconsin Farmers Healthcare Cooperative, uh, some of the larger cooperatives such as Land O'Lakes and um, uh, CHS are looking at ways that they can bring their members together in a purchasing unit to secure um, health care for all. So there are some new opportunities. You know, when we look down the road, we, we see advances in uh, telemedicine, so having broadband expansion into our rural communities so that our farmers are not isolated and they can um, access the same type of health programs, health information via the Internet as everyone else can. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Uh, we talked, we started this conversation talking about the level of stress on the farm. And when you look at that stress, I like to say that, you know, stress always arises from uncertainty and anxiety. And one of the cures to that is good communication, support groups, making sure that you're not isolated and feeling alone, kind of worn down by the five-year downturn in the farm economy. Having opportunities for farmers to have mental health um, programs, um, someone to talk to, counseling measures, those are very, very important in the in the unfortunate environment we currently find ourselves in. Yeah, it's all about taking advantage of the opportunities, as you just mentioned, and having the resources to even get to those opportunities. You touched on it earlier. Where does the aging farm population play into this? I can't remember the number that you pulled out. One I found, 2017 Ag Census pegs the average age of the farmer at 57 and a half years in the U.S. What did you say it was in Wisconsin? I said under, under 60, so 58, 59, kind of you see different numbers around depending on who they've talked to. But, you know, just think about any of us as we go through life, um, especially if we're in a stressful occupation, an occupation that demands a lot of us from both a um, physical and emotional commitment, uh, a lot on our minds. How are we going to pay these bills? How are we going to get this year closed up? Look at the impact that weather has had on all of us in Wisconsin, um, on people who have had lost their homes or seen property damage because of the weather events. No one is more on the front lines in those types of um, situations than the farmer is. And maybe when you're 58 or 59 years old, you're not as resilient or you can't handle that as well as when maybe when you were 45 or 50 of those types of events. So we see this wearing uh, down of our farm population. And it's very important that they have the opportunities to, to, to access the type of support that they need, both in their physical health and their mental health, uh, their emotional health. You know, our rural communities have changed so much over the last, say, decade or decade and a half. There's fewer people there. That isolation is definitely a problem. The lack of opportunities to, to serve in a vibrant community, whether it's on the cooperative board or the school board or the church board, the, the town board, those are the things that keep people engaged, keep people young, keep people um, optimistic about the future. And I think we're challenged with that right now. I think a, a lot of these farmers have have seen the struggle going on for a long time now. They're not as young as they once were. It's more difficult to attract young people back to the farm. Um, that isolation and feeling that um, you you can't keep this up much longer, we're hearing a lot about that. And, and, you know, we have great resources in Wisconsin through the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Com Consumer Protections um, Farm Center that works where farmers all across the state on all these issues we've been talking about today and making sure that they they realize they are not alone. 
mm-hmm. that there are uh, there is a support group that cares for them and is is working to make the future better for them and making sure that that isolation doesn't creep into their lives and they are part of a bigger community. Mm-hmm. I think what we're doing right now is great. Talking about it, you normalize it. Do you notice in the normalization process, are you hearing from more people? Do they feel more comfortable reaching out to you guys, the members of your cooperative? Very much so. And I and I give our cooperatives a lot of credit for this. That a lot of our cooperatives, when they send out their monthly newsletters to their members now, are putting in hotline numbers to the farm center or to another group. Uh, we're seeing um, people stand up at community meetings and talk about how hard the, the stresses that they, they feel in their lives. Um, some of the groups, such as um, out in Loganville, Wisconsin, have had um, real strong attendance, unfortunately, at some of these meetings because people really felt the need to get together and talk about these things. It isn't the um, it looked down upon as it must might have been at one time. People realize everybody needs support. People realize that we've gone through a difficult time in our rural communities and in agriculture, and everybody wants to work together to in the same direction to make a better future for everyone. What is your message to people that maybe feel like they're not being heard or they're looking for resources or they're at the end of their options? You are not alone. You know, the basic, uh, one of the basic fundamentals of a cooperative is community, community and cooperation. Make sure that you realize that in agriculture and in the rural community that you are not alone. Yes, we've all gone through some difficult times with the weather and the markets over the last couple years, but we have more resources than we've ever had before. We have a lot of people working day and night to help our population through this. And with an optimistic look that tomorrow will be better, make sure that if you are feeling stressed out, uh, pretty soon we'll be looking at spring planting and we're right back into it. You kind of jump right back on the horse and start all over again. Make sure that you don't try to deal with all these things alone. Contact the Wisconsin Farm Center. Reach out to um, resources in your own community. Make sure that you communicate with others and don't become isolated. Uh, that that really is a, is a harmful approach if you take that. So talking more, being open with your feelings, we're all in this together. I couldn't have said it better myself. All right. Thank you very much. Cooperative Network CEO and President Dan Smith joining me right now. Dan, thank you so much for your time. And from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance, the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, is here for you even when the weather isn't. With crop hail damage, protect your operation from hail, fire, lightning, and more. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. 520 on the clock. It is January 10th, 2020. And right now I am connecting live via Skype with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, good morning. How is it going? Well, not bad at all so far. How about with you? You know, it's going pretty good, and I'm glad that you're joining us because I've been seeing changing reports all week. It seems like we're going to get way more snow than we might have originally anticipated. 
Well, that's the way things are, are focusing. Let's put it that way. I mean, uh, let's look at, at areas like Boston, Fond du Lac, Oshkosh, Beaver Dam. There's a winter storm watch in effect uh, midnight Friday till 6 a.m. on Sunday. Madison and areas to the south and east of there have a winter storm warning from 7 p.m. tonight till 6 a.m. Saturday. So there definitely appears to be a little more activity with this system. The low moving from Colorado uh, into parts of even northern Oklahoma this morning will travel east and then northeast up toward Indiana and maybe lower Michigan or Ohio. As that low builds in, it is going to bring precipitation our way. Radar this morning already indicating rain and snow in Missouri, central southern Illinois, central and southern Indiana, and a little snow out in South Dakota and Nebraska. Alaska. As that low builds in, it will indeed account for some snow developing as we make our way on through tonight or just into really early Saturday. That's going to be a little light snow, an inch or so. It's more likely later Saturday into Saturday night when the snow amounts will build up much more. And I think we're still talking three to six, maybe four to eight at, uh, say, Madison to the east and southeast, a little lighter further north and west. Nonetheless, we're all going to see more snow, blowing snow and the like as winds stay quite strong. Temperatures, unfortunately, do cool off back to more normal levels, mid-20s for highs, but we do dry it out. It should clean up by Sunday. It should end giving us a chance for cleanup as we wrap up the weekend Sunday and head toward Monday. I'll have forecast details right after this. The fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke wants to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby. Go online now to fabulousfarmbabe.net. Check out those adorable baby bibs and sign up to get yours absolutely free. Thanks to the wonderful folks at Quick Trip. Supplies are extremely limited, so don't delay. Log on now, fabulousfarmbabe.net. Here's a chance to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby. 522 on the clock. I'm connected live via Skype with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. So, Stu, you kind of touched on it. When can we expect the snow to start, and when can we expect it to stop? Well, I expect some to start on toward this evening or overnight. That stops for a while, then really kicks up for Saturday afternoon into Saturday night. That's going to be the heaviest band. Talked about it. The Winter Storm Watch, Boston, Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, Beaver Dam, midnight tonight till 6 a.m. Sunday. The winter storm warning, 7 p.m. tonight till 6 a.m. Sunday. That's Madison in areas east and south down toward the state line. For the day today, look for more clouds to build on in. Not an uncomfortable day, the high in the mid-30s, the north winds at 5 to 10, but clouds and some snow overnight could be an inch or two, especially Madison in areas south and east. We drop back down to the low 20s, the north winds 8 to 18, gusting near 30, Cloudy Saturday, snow more likely toward midday or afternoon, blowing snow in the like mid-20s, north winds 10 to 20, gusting to 35, that snow lasting into Saturday night. Pretty easily, especially in eastern and southern Wisconsin, another three to six inches. So, you know, add up what we could see tonight, an inch or two, and I think we're talking uh, Madison 
and especially due east and south, four to eight inches, a little lower than that elsewhere. But by Sunday, it all ends partly sunny, low to mid-20s for a high, northwest at 5 to 10. But it is going to become wintry, Josh, and like I say, it should end Saturday night. So Sunday, a good cleanup day. Not that I'm looking forward to it, but we have to get the driveway and everything ready for next week. <laughs> that we do. I, I have a feeling that I'm probably just going to hunker down and watch a lot of Hulu or Netflix or something like that. Well, there is football this weekend. Come on. you got to remember, I'm from Michigan. I'm not as big of a Packers fan. And do you know how many people probably just tuned out after I said that? Yeah, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> Sorry. Come on. I know. It. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. All right. Thank you so much, Stu. We'll talk to you on Monday. All right. See you then. Yep. We'll see you then. All right. That was Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. And as always, for the Midwest Farm Report on a Friday, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success. Like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Unleash your inner geek at the largest arcade in Wisconsin, Geeks Mania. Hundreds of the most wanted vintage vids and pins, plus the best new games and the largest six-person X-Men game in the galaxy. Book your corporate event or birthday party in the Namco or the new Nintendo room online at geeksmania.com. Every birthday child gets a free comic book at Geeks Mania, Odana Road, across from Rust Arrow Kia. Open Sunday through Thursday till 10, Friday and Saturday till midnight. Pay one price, play all day. Unleash your inner geek at Geeks Mania. Learn more at geeksmania.com. The goals, the high fives, the happy dances complete with jazz hands and fist bumps. Be part of all the action at Coach's Sports Bar and Restaurant in Cross Plains. Enjoy the best burgers in the county, the popular club sandwich or fresh crispy chicken salad, daily dinner and lunch specials, all-you-can-eat wing Wednesdays or $2.50 hand-muddled old-fashions every Saturday, trivia night every Thursday. Coaches Club Sports Bar also offers banquet facilities for your next party, business meeting, or team-building event. Coaches Club Sports Bar and Restaurant in Cross Plains, where sports fans gather for food and frivolity. Coaches Club in Cross Plains has a private banquet room for your holiday party or business meeting. Seating for up to 50. Reserve your next event today at Coaches Club, Main Street, Cross Plains. Another rig your ride idea from Madison Auto Trim. You don't have to spill your coffee to have a warm seat. Park that latte in the cup holder and get a seat heater from Madison Auto Trim. We install one seat, two seats, and even seat heaters with massage. It's added comfort, relieves pain, and it'll keep your keister toasty warm. Madison Auto Trim and Accessories. Affordable luxury you deserve to have. Improve what you already got and rig your ride with Madison Auto Trim. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. 
Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and stand up to cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. Have a great time with family and friends at the entertainment environment in the golf suites at Vitense Golfland. Have fun while you watch Packer and Badger football games in your private golf suite. Relax in comfortable chairs and bar top tables as you enjoy food and drink items off the signature hole and grill bar served by friendly waitstaff. Top Tracer is available in every bay of the golf suites. Point Games Played Like Darts is an awesome game for any level of golfer, even new players. Watch, eat, practice, and play in the golf suites at Vitense Golfland furnace on the fritz whether it's a quick fix or time for something new you need a dealer who knows what it takes to warm things up and a bryant dealer does whatever it takes it takes attention to detail the right tools and friendly knowledgeable service bottom line it takes a bryant dealer to bring the heat call tarkenton brothers heating ventilating and air conditioning in oregon when you need furnace service bryant whatever it takes Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Great article I read uh, at Forbes.com because here's the thing, Rob. Everyone's freaking out about Russell Wilson, right? That's the whole talk this week. How in the world are the Packers going to stop Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. You had an interesting take on it. You know, he's not really had the success. Now, some of this obviously predates LaFleur and this this regime, but uh, it is curious that he's never won at Lambeau Field. Is there one thing you can point to of why Wilson has struggled so much in this stadium? Pressure, Joe. I mean, they, they've got after him pretty consistently in those games. He, his numbers are dramatically decreased, too. Now, now for those that haven't looked at it, he's 0-3 at Lambeau, lost in 15, 16, and 17. Uh, his passer rating in those games, guys, is 60.4. Three touchdowns, six interceptions. Five of the picks, Joe, he came in one game. Seattle was down big at halftime. He had to throw it around the yard in the second half. He had some bad luck. I went back and I watched that game. You guys will get a kick out of this. One of the interceptions, he was trying to find Jimmy Graham. And guess what Jimmy Graham did, guys? Let me guess. He bobbled it and it was up for an interception. Uh, he fell down. <laughs> <laughs> even better. Even, even better. I mean, uh, uh, two, 2019 Jimmy Graham was, was already in, in rare form like that. 2016 Seattle Jimmy Graham. So um, Jimmy falls to the ground on one of the picks. There was another one that where it probably should have been a P.I., on Quentin Rollins, he got away with one and got a pick. But, you know, for the most part, they, they've got after Russell Joe in, in those games. And and I think the good thing from Green Bay's perspective heading into Sunday is is, is the Smith boy, the Smith brothers, give them, you know, their most dynamic pass-rushing duo that they've had in, in years and years. It, Clay, Clay Matthews and Nick Perry were supposed to become that duo, guys. It obviously never happened. It certainly happened this year with the, with the two Smiths. 
combining for 25 and a half sacks and a million pressures. And, you know, Kenny Clark's the guy to keep an eye on. Guys, he didn't practice yesterday with a back injury, but I, I, I'm assuming he'll be fine come Sunday or he'll try. He'll obviously try to give it a goal. But, um, you know, they've got to get pressure up the middle because when, when, when they come off the edges like that, and, and let's be honest, Backroll's going to play a role in this game as well. Uh, those guys have to stay disciplined and not, not, not let Russell get outside of them and break containment. Uh, but it's going to be just as important for Kenny Clark and some of those guys to take away lanes up the middle where Russell loves to go. So they've gotten decent pressure guys on him in the past, and, and it's led to some of those some of those pretty bad numbers. And, boy, when you look at Seattle's offensive line right now, guys beat up like crazy. Four of their starters didn't practice yesterday. Two of those guys didn't play last week in, in the Eagles game. You have to think Green Bay is going to have a decent chance to get after Russell come Sunday and – you know, Russell's about as close as you have in this league right now, guys, to Superman. But, um, you know, I, I'm not sure Superman can get it done all by himself. Robbie, did I see that there's a sickness going around the locker room? I saw that uh, Devontae Adams had a flu bug is going around, and you told his guys to, quote, wash your hands and wash your butts. Did you did, did you see that? There's a flu going around the, I, the locker room? I did. I was there for that yesterday, Evo, and it, I, I had never heard the, the second half of that. Obviously, wash your hands. And, yeah, you got it right here. You wash know, your hands and wash your butt. Devontae yeah, Adams. Yeah, watching your butt. I mean, it certainly does make sense, <laughs> but you're right. You are right, Ebo. They've, they've had a flu bug going around the, the locker room. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I mean, everybody that had it, I'm sure, if, had they played in a wild card game last weekend, I'm sure those guys would have suited up, but but I'm not sure that they would have been 100% or, um, you know, at, at, at full strength and full capacity in that football game. They all seem to be, for the most part, over it right now, Ebo, and it's not going to play a role uh, come Sunday, but but Devonte Adams is the new father, and it, it was it was very interesting advice because obviously we have we've all said for forever wash your hands and uh, the wash your butt part I, I think was new and it, it drew a few chuckles from the media guys around him. I would say wash your butt then your hand. I would just like flip that around if they want to stay healthy, Rob. Oh, hey, can I ask you a question here about Matt Lafleur? Was yesterday a year that he was hired, or today the year? Whatever it is, can you talk about the year of Lafleur and how crazy it's been? Yeah, and, and really from Green Bay's perspective, crazy good. I mean, I, I know they got rid of your guy, Evo, but it's, hey, uh, it's, times they it's, are changing, Robbie. <laughs> well, your, your, your guy's gonna your, your guy's got some players with him right now in Dallas, and we'll, we'll see what he does with it. And um, you know that that that's a whole other story. But uh, undoubtedly, uh, with, with Lafleur, it's, it's gone far better than anybody could have anticipated. That that was kind of a common theme. A lot of questions being asked about that because we're, we're right at the year now, Evo. Uh, a lot of people asking about the year that was with Matt Lafleur yesterday, and and a number of guys, you know, even said uh, honestly, no one wants to say they're totally surprised, Evo, but you you can tell they are. I mean, a man that knows any food tastes better when deep fried and served on a stick. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. 535 on a Friday. Good morning to you. And we have got some brand new royalty in the state of Wisconsin. And with that, here's our very own Caitlin Riley. Caitlin? Wisconsin has its newest fair ambassador. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Caitlin Riley. After rising to the top among 36 candidates representing their county district fairs, Kelly Vanberg of Fond du Lac County was selected Wednesday night to be an advocate for Wisconsin's 75 fairs and be the official hostess of the Wisconsin State Fair in August. Well, it was very incredible being selected as the 2020 Fairest of the Fair. It really still feels like a dream. It doesn't feel real. 
The selection took place after days of interviews and public speaking exercises. But Kaylee says the road to becoming the state fairest was paved well before this week. So back 26 years ago, my mom um, was the Fond du Lac County Fairest of the Fair. And she took fourth at the state competition, so I have a little one-up on her for a little while. (laughs) But really, my mom, I think, was the first role model for that, considering she was once fairest. Also, I need to thank my 4-H leader for being a very hardworking role model and what I aspire to be someday. Deb Mess has truly taught me the definition of hard work and allowing me to experience agriculture out on her family's 120-cow dairy farm. So first I was selected as the Fond du Lac County Fairest of the Fair back in June of 2019. And up until now, I had been preparing for this state competition, which began on Saturday, January 5th. We went through four long days of professional development trainings, um, educational sessions. We also, all the other contestants and I, went through extensive interviews to get to this spot as the 2020 Fairest. An individual interview and group interview, we're both included in that, along with public speaking for our Wisconsin State Fair convention attendees. She says she received new ideas from fellow candidates throughout the process. During my group interview today, I really liked the idea from that Libby Knable from Jefferson County had. Her idea was to implement a mentorship program for her county fair. The mentorship program would look something like pairing with a experienced exhibitor and going out to their farm and learning the basics of taking care of an animal and what that day-to-day process looks like. Kaylee's excited to share her experiences in agriculture with audiences of all backgrounds. I believe I'll be able to take my agricultural experience and show the urban population, as I mentioned before, what the youth of Wisconsin are doing and how their food is produced. So many people are now removed from farms, and it's important to showcase Wisconsin agriculture, and that is definitely something that I will be working towards as the 2020 Wisconsin Fairs of the Fair. The thing I'm most looking forward to is visiting each county fair and learning how each of them are unique to our fair industry and what they do to showcase Wisconsin agriculture and how they are including the urban population into a rural fair. Kaylee is the 54th woman to serve in this position. So come on out to the Wisconsin State Fair August 6th through 16th, and I will be delighted to share a cream puff with you. Join me for those best 11 days of summer at the Wisconsin State Fair. The first runner-up from the Adams County Fair is Michaela Fallish. Second runner-up, Lauren Flynn from the Rock County Fair. St. Croix County Fair had the third runner-up with Jessica Moore. And the fourth runner-up was Emma Buss with the Lafayette County Fair. For the Midwest Farm Report in Wisconsin Dells, I'm Caitlin Riley. All right, thank you so much for that report, Caitlin. And if you want the full story, you can go to our website. That is MidwestFarmReport.com. And moving along, the new Impossible Pork announced by Impossible Foods is anything but pork. With more on the story, here's Michael Clements. Michael? The National Pork Producers Council says Impossible Foods, Impossible Pork is just that, impossible. Dr. Dan Kovich, Director of Science and Technology for NPPC, says products such as the Impossible Pork just announced this year cannot be labeled as pork because the products are not derived from a pig. It is actually impossible for something that does not come from a pig to be called pork. Pork comes from a pig, end of story. You can't make pork from soybeans unless you feed them to a pig first. So 
we want to be very clear for that company to call their plant-based product pork is inappropriate. Inappropriate and against the law. That is absolutely our position. Certainly the USDA and several sections of law defines pork very clearly as to what it is. FDA labeling law also says that you can't portray one food product as another. So the product, despite any claims they may make about how it may appear to look like pork or taste like pork, that does not make it pork. So they need to come up with a different name for their product. NPPC supports consumer choice and competitive markets on a level playing field. Accordingly, Kovic says plant-based and cell-cultured products designed to mimic real meat must face the same stringent regulatory requirements as livestock agriculture, including truthful labeling standards. We're certainly looking at potential avenues to make sure that the term pork is protected. There's a history of people using names commonly used for animal products for imitation products. And again, when it comes to the word pork, that is a very highly specific term, which has a very clear meaning. And something that's made from plants is not pork. Learn more online at www.nppc.org. Michael Clements reporting. All right. Thanks, Michael. Markets are up next. Boy, Wisconsin weather has been tough on our farm equipment this year. Maybe now is a good time to push pause and take care of some maintenance. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee for my friends at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street, just off Highway 12 in the heart of Sauk City. Remember, where everything is all under one roof, and that includes their fantastic service team. They've got a great deal going on now with McFarland's and Agco. Through February 29th, you can save 10% on maintenance and 10% on genuine Agco parts. Listen, that farm equipment needs to be reliable. You're using it every day. There is resale value to take into consideration and, of course, operating efficiency. McFarland's can help you walk through every step of evaluating that farm equipment and prioritizing what should come first on maintenance. Save 10% on maintenance and 10% on genuine Agco parts now through the end of February at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. When he was in college, he would use his talent as a world-renowned hog caller as a way to pick up chicks. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Getting close to a quarter till, and I'll have your markets momentarily. But first, national oil prices have picked up where they left off in 2019, actually increasing very slightly. Currently, oil prices are trading in the mid-$60 per barrel range. Now, could we see those fuel prices rocket up in the coming days because of ongoing tensions with Iran? Patrick DeHaan with GasBuddy.com does not expect that to happen. He says in recent years, the United States has increased oil production to 13 million barrels per day. So essentially in the last decade, the U.S. has added the capacity of a major OPEC member, uh, seven and a half million barrels. So that insulates us to these types of events. And even if the worst case does come true, uh, I do not foresee records being shattered at all across the U.S. in the year ahead. As we start the new year, diesel prices are holding steady. And this week, the national average increased one cent to 301 a gallon. And now let's take a look at your markets on a Friday morning. Right now, cash corn is at 384 and three quarters of a cent. That is up one and a half cents. And new crop corn is up one and a quarter of a penny at 391 and a quarter. Moving along to beans, cash beans are unchanged at 935. And new crop beans are up a half a cent at 944. All the while, cash wheat is currently sitting at 564 and three quarters of a cent. That is up two and a half. And new crop wheat is up two pennies at 567 and a half. 
Butter's at 191 and a quarter. Black cheddar's at 182 and a half. Cheddar barrel's at 151 and a quarter. And as for the fluid milk contracts, right now February milk is down four cents at 16.94, and March milk is currently unchanged at 17.25. Stay tuned. Is just moments ahead. I will be talking with U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin about her vote on USMCA. So what did she say? Yes or no? You'll find out just moments ahead. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Shop I-39 Supply in any weather. I-39 Supply's huge indoor showroom and over 200 trailers in stock. Yeti coolers, Vortex optics, and 04 outdoor hunting blinds. I-39 Supply, trailer service and more. I-39supply.com. The young men and women who become United States Marines come from our hometowns to become a part of something greater than themselves. This commitment represents the highest level of steadfast allegiance to the betterment of our communities, our country, and our Marine Corps. The journey will be one of the most challenging, but also one of the most rewarding. The few, the proud, the Marines. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Join Major League Baseball and Stand Up to Cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Right now, I am on the phone with U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin. Earlier this week, she announced that she was going to support the USMCA, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement. Uh, Senator, thank you so much for your time, first and foremost. How's it going in Washington? Well, it's, uh, as you can imagine, a very uh, busy week, very sobering in terms of uh, the issues that are in front of us. Um, However, uh, you are... uh, calling to talk about a very pleasant topic. Uh, yesterday, I announced my support for uh, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada uh, trade agreement. Uh, and uh, the, um, uh, I think many of your listeners know the original NAFTA negotiated many years ago um, was uh, uh, an agreement that I opposed. Uh, I think it cost Wisconsin too many jobs and it needed to be fixed. Uh, But I think that uh, the process um, that we've gone through of renegotiation and and ultimately the conversations that occurred between uh, the House of Representatives and the Trump administration have resulted in a better trade deal that is enforceable, that contains a number of provisions that I fought mightily for. Um, it, this deserves uh, uh, our support, and I am going to vote in favor of it when it uh, comes to the Senate floor, which I hope will be in just a, a week or so. Yeah, we're right there with you. Now, I have to know, you're obviously voting yes, but was there ever a point in time where you thought about voting no? Certainly, uh, that was the case uh, early on. Uh, The original trade deal that uh, President Trump uh, uh, and his uh, U.S. trade representative um, uh, put together uh, fell short in a number of ways. His initial deal, um, in my mind, 
uh, didn't have the enforceability provisions. Um, and, you know, if it's not enforceable, it's simply words on a piece of paper. And um, that matters, especially to Wisconsin farmers and Wisconsin workers. We have a state that has both a robust uh, agricultural economy. Obviously, uh, we're America's dairy land, so we focus a lot on our dairy industry. But we also have a robust manufacturing economy. And uh, these trade deals deal with both issues um, significantly. And so we had to get it right in order to do right by Wisconsin. And I think that um, the, the additional improvements that were negotiated uh, between the administration and the House of Representatives really um, are, are vital. And uh, that's, that's what uh, uh, got me uh, over the finish line into, into a place where I enthusiastically support uh, the USMCA. I'm on the phone with U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin. Senator, who in the Wisconsin ag community were you meeting with as you were trying to uh, figure out if you were going to vote yes or no? Who, who had your ear? Um, you know, I would say the entire breadth of the uh, uh, Wisconsin ag community. So, you know, there's obviously uh, formal and organized groups that um, uh, have a policy voice, um, the Farm Bureau, the Farmers Union. Um, I spoke with a lot of uh, individuals involved in milk processing. We're obviously number one in cheesemaking in the country. And um, then, um, you know, we also have a lot of specialty crops in our state. Uh, not everyone knows that we're the number one cranberry producer in the country. And we are certainly the number one ginseng producer in the country. And and in fact, you can boil it down to one county, Marathon County, which produces 90% um, of the ginseng uh, that is cultivated in, in the U.S. Um, the trade wars that have uh, been undertaken by President Trump have hurt these farmers significantly. Um, we've lost 1,900 dairy farms since Trump took office. That is... Um, you know, that's a huge percentage of our dairy industry. And so, you know, every day I hear from Wisconsinites, especially in our rural communities, saying we want markets. We want to expand our markets. We don't want handouts or bailouts. We want markets. And uh, this was... Um, uh, very, very helpful input to me when I visited a ginseng farm and a cranberry bog and a, uh, and numerous dairy farms and a lot of uh, uh, creameries and, and other processors. Now, there's a couple things I'll circle back on, but I, first I want to get to it. The deal was approved by the Senate Finance Committee on Tuesday. There's still a ways to go, but we could get to a vote in the next couple weeks. How do you think the articles of impeachment would factor in? Do you think it could kind of derail that process? You know, we certainly hope not. Uh, the, um, the, there is obviously a very bipartisan commitment to uh, passing the USMCA. The committee uh, that uh, passed it out of committee uh, on Tuesday was the Finance Committee, the sort of key driver of trade policy, and the vote was 25 to 3. Uh, as you mentioned, there's a number of other committees to which uh, this trade deal is uh, referred, uh, but I think that there'll be uh, very um, 
uh, strong attempts to uh, you know, get get this uh, measure out of all of those committees and to the floor as soon as possible. Um, and I, I think that the Senate is capable of uh, of doing uh, more than uh, one thing at once. Uh, if there is a trial that's ongoing by next week, uh, it will ha- be happening in the afternoons, and Senate business can happen in the mornings. And I hope that uh, uh, we uh, continue uh, not only on that, but many other important issues, um, including uh, issues like health care and uh, election security and other things that are on people's minds. Now, I want to read the beginning of your statement. You kind of mentioned it earlier, but you said President Trump's trade wars have hurt our Wisconsin economy and more than 1,900 dairy farms have gone out of business since he took office. Now, we posted the statement on our Facebook page, and we had a lot of our listeners and your constituents commenting, saying that they felt like you were laying the blame of the dairy crisis on the Trump administration. Do you say that's a fair assumption or do you think not? Well, we've talked about this before, and I think um, when I speak about this issue, I'm very clear that there's a that basically a confluence of challenges facing our dairy farmers. I've uh, certainly referred to it many times in the past as a perfect storm, referencing that movie where everything came together for the most horrible result. So we have low prices for milk. Those uh, low prices precede the Trump administration. We have an oversupply. That, too, I would argue, uh, was in place before uh, Trump uh, took office. We've had weather issues, and even though those have been since Trump took office, I'm not going to blame those on him. Uh, But we've also had trade wars. So let's think about how that impact um, has impacted. Prior to um, uh, the USMCA negotiation, we slapped, uh, uh, or President Trump did, uh, uh, steel and aluminum tariffs on the European Union, Canada, and Mexico. All three responded with retaliatory tariffs against cheese. Um, ultimately, China did too. Okay, these are our export markets. 90% of the milk produced in Wisconsin goes into cheese. This is a major uh, issue when Mexico is the source of 25% of our cheese exports. A retaliatory tariff and drying up of that market is an enormous thing. I think I've been fair in how I've allocated the the blame, if you will. Mother Nature gets some of it. Um, but, uh, but I do think that um, the impact on our ability to export our number one product uh, uh, or all the products in which we are number one, let's include the specialty crops like cranberries and ginseng, Trump has had a big, big impact on that. All right, that's U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin. She is voting yes on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. Senator, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, of course, the pleasure is all mine, and you can see Senator Baldwin's full statement regarding her voting yes on USMCA on our website. That is MidwestFarmReport.com.